Hi, this is Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast, and now kind of videocast about beginnings, the beginnings of new companies, uh, new ideas in science, health, and happiness, sometimes even a little look at the future. And uh, I'm here today with uh, Sarah Adler, who you're one of those folks, Sarah, who has like many titles, professor, parent, entrepreneur, uh, uh, Sarah Adler of of WAVE. Great to to see you. Thanks for having me. And yes, I have, I go by many things. Yeah. So maybe that's as good a way as any to get into your kind of interesting background. So why don't you give folks a sense of the many Sarahs? The many Sarahs. Yeah, I can try to do that. So I, um, I am a yes, I'm a professor of psychiatry at Stanford University uh, Medical School, and this is actually my second career. Um, I started off as a hedge fund analyst uh, for one of Julian Robertson's Tiger Cubs back in the day, and so kind of got my feet wet and learned how to love data, and then kind of came to my senses and realized I was much more interested in doing good than making money, and so ended up pivoting and, and coming to out to Stanford to get. My my clinical psychology degree. Got it. So hedge fund background, professor at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can imagine folks trying to guess, so what is she actually doing now? It could be almost anything. So why don't you describe what WAVE is? Yeah, so WAVE is um, really, we kind of call it a digital ecosystem that is designed for the digital native. And it's tackling mental health care for what we know is the most miserable generation out there. So um, 15 through 26, 27, 28 year olds who are just really struggling with the the awfulness of the world and how our generations have sort of screwed it up. And they're kind of now dealing with the stress. And we're sort of seeing that with um, all of the mental health crisis that they're experiencing and going through. Mm -hmm. And we have on the flip side of that, uh, an entire healthcare system that isn't really capable uh, of meeting their needs. And so what WAVE is, is an attempt to bridge those two things is to create um, something for the digital native that can really help them in a science-backed way manage life better. So uh, I think it's kind of broadly recognized now that there's a problem. There are suicides and stress and acting out and kind of a, a an unraveling of the social fabric a little bit because folks are so uh, pent up. So there's the problem, but how do you actually deal with it? I mean, there have been a lot of folks talking about this and throwing various ideas out there. And and what about the approach of WAVE? Why do you think this will actually uh, be something folks will use and uh, allow themselves to be helped by? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly the right question is allow themselves to be helped by. I think many of the sort of traditional solutions that are out there, one-to-one therapy, just feel entirely inaccessible, either from a cost perspective, it's either cost prohibitive, or from simply a supply and demand perspective. There are only 500,000 licensed uh, therapists in the United States. And when you think about the um, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of Gen Z folk out there who need help. It just doesn't match up. So then when you sort of come on top of it and you think about um, the fact that these are digital natives, they don't really want to do traditional medical model. They don't want traditional psychotherapy, but they do actually want things that will make them feel better in the now. That's kind of really where we started for this user-centered design 
frame of what is it that Gen Z actually wants and what will they allow themselves to be helped by? It sort of was facilitated by the fact that um, these folks are also my, my clinical jam. These are the people who I, I treat on my own couch and have for the past 15 years. So I do have, I did have a sort of a, an early sense of, of user experience or user research in my own patient population that I treated. I guess that makes sense since you're there at Grind U. Um, you must get a lot of stressed out uh, uh, young people who are wrestling with accepting any degree of imperfection in themselves. Oh, absolutely. And and on top of it, they are a generation that's been, um, their their brains have really been, you know, curated and manipulated by, by social media and by just being a digital native. And I'm not one of those people who's saying, um, oh my gosh, social media has corrupted and has ruined a generation. I mean, the same way that in the 1960s, you know, People might have said, oh, rock and roll ruined a generation. Right. Like technology always changes neurochemically the way we sort of interact with our world and our social fabric, but it's our job to meet this generation where they are. And that happens to be on their phones. That may change and that may shift and we'll shift with it. But but right now that's 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 really the approach. So let's talk about this from the experience of the uh, anticipated person, the user, if you want to call it that hate term, but um, so they find out about WAVE how, and when they come to WAVE, what happens? Yeah, so that's a great question. And we're actually, to be quite honest, we're figuring that out now, exactly how they're, we're, we're, our, our acquisition strategy is one of the things we're testing right now, quite honestly. Um, but at the forefront, what we've done is kind of realized, taken the data that 70% of, um, of this age group is really uh, getting their mental health care on social media, we've decided to start off really by meeting them where they are. So what we're doing is taking, there's so much misinformation out there. So what we're doing is taking my clinical background, my clinical team's scientific background, taking content, putting it on social media that is science-backed, it has been either vetted or designed by our clinical team, and really sort of showing that this is where they can get a source of truth about mental health. So that's kind of where we start. Um, we drive them into our, we, we drive them into our, onto our website, um, and really, we either interact with them there, give them kind of a taste of what our app looks like, what our coaching sessions can do. Uh, and then we really kind of follow them and see what happens to see like who's downloading the app, who's actually signing up for coaching first. And I think in our early days, looking at those usage patterns is really going to dictate our ultimate go-to-market. So if things go as you hope, mm -hmm. say a year from now or two years from now, what does the WAVE community look like and what does WAVE look like as a business? Because we are here to build a business and not just good works as much as you're not doing hedge funds anymore. No, absolutely. No, 100% absolutely. Um, and, and really, you know, being a venture backed company, although we're mission driven, it's the way that we can scale the fastest. And so we believe that being a venture backed company can get us to where we want to be as quickly as possible. In terms of where the business is going, um, if you had actually asked me that question three months ago, which by the way, Mike, you did ask me three mm -hmm. months ago, um, my answer is actually slightly different now. And that's Good. because I think you, you and I talked at a 
at a pretty interesting point where we started to shift our, our, our strategy a little bit. One of the things that we found um, is that we thought we were going to go uh, straight to direct to consumer. Any G Gen Z brand needs to have a direct to consumer component. The branding work needs to be done. The trust needs to be done. We need to understand the CAC to LTV, all of those great D to C um, businesses. And we still do fundamentally believe that 20 to 25% of our business will be D to C. Um, we then thought we would start to show efficacy data and go into payers, go to commercial payers, commercial insurance companies. Fascinatingly, what we've actually found is that employers are coming to us proactively. They're now saying, we've got a men are from Mars, women are from Venus situation with our Gen Z employees, where our boomer, Gen X, and millennial managers are have no idea what to do with this Gen Z population in the workforce. And so we are actually ratcheting up our, our B2B um, funnel at this point. I have a, a B2B funnel actually at this point that I uh, I can't actually service, which is a great problem to have because my product's not quite ready. So for the next quarter, we're really going to be refining um, our product so that we can then start um, start engaging with the tremendous need um, from 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 employers who are out there who just do not know what to do with their gen their miserable, quiet quitting uh, Gen Z workforce. Got it. And do you think these organizations that are responding to what you plan to do? Uh, is it because they have a lot of young workers? Is it because they have seen some problem? You know, in other words, somebody didn't show up for work and then we found out they killed themselves or something like that and everybody's traumatized? Or what do you think it is that's causing them to react this way to you and the yeah. company? I think it's it's less of the um, the sort of the suicidal employee that that's traumatized. Although I think that that's happened. I haven't been hearing that quite as much. What I have been hearing is um, churn, great resignation, quiet quitting. Is that the Gen Z workforce is demanding um, that work feel valued? <laughs> aligned, right? It, they want meaning. It's sort of what, you know, what our parents always tell us is, is, you know, find the thing that make that gives you meaning and you'll never work a day of your life. That's what my father used to tell me. Um, but ultimately this is enti an entire generation that is trying to derive value and meaning from their work. And that's not really congruent with the way that Gen X and the baby boomers have set up the workforce. So there's this real sort of values disconnect and just a different language, a different taxonomy between the older generations and the younger generations. And they're coming to us and saying, tell us what to do, tell us how to talk to the younger generations so that we can actually make them see like, you don't actually have, to, you can just go to work and get a paycheck. You can just learn skills to be resistant and tolerated if it's not the best thing in the world. So it's sort of our model and our framework, which is teaching Gen Z how to cope with day-to-day -day life in a world that doesn't feel great is very much in line with our, what the employers are wanting as well. Got it. So, um, so in your typical day now, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on testing stuff? Or are you focusing on writing uh, content and programs? So what is it? Because you're at an interesting point in the development of the company. 
We certainly are. And for a, a 10 person company, we are um, unbelievably structured. We have a, like a pretty serious OKR structure and um, very concrete goals and KPIs uh, that we're, we're sort of moving towards for this quarter. This quarter is all about lives covered. We sort of have X number of lives that we want in our system and everything we're doing is driving towards that. So from a funnel perspective, that means the majority of our work right now is about top of funnel acquisition is getting people in. So we have, you know, 50 lives that we just, um, we've just brought in under our first B2B contract, which is a huge win and amazing, but we're also working on all of that top of funnel acquisition marketing, getting kind of the marketing foundations right, um, making sure that we really understand what are going to be the levers, what's our, is our narrative right, what are, what are going to be the things that are going to drive people into the system. So uh, at heart, so this is really about getting folks, if you want to call it that, professional care, scientific care, real care. We talked about that when we were first talking. So let's dive into that because there's a lot of this, like the sisterhood has your back and, you know, we're all in this together, um, which I think is fine. But you're aspiring really to do something much more fundamental. Without a doubt, I mean, this, this, the inter intervention that we're delivering or the model that the care model that we're delivering is, is really based on an intervention that I designed at Stanford that showed reductions in depression, stress, and anxiety. And although um, we don't talk about it that way, we really sort of talk about it in a, in a way that um, feels more conducive to how the, our, our clients, users, we don't know what to call them either, our people, our waivers. Mm -hmm. Are sort of are, are using the system. Um, we really just want to meet them where they are. We want to give them a framework to understand where they're struggling and where they actually have significant strengths. And our model focuses on the strengths that they have in order to support them through their struggles. And yes, there's science behind it, and it pulls from all of the amazing evidence-based platforms that are out there. But fundamentally, what we're trying to do is look at um, what are the skills and the tools that you need to actually live your life um, every single day. So, uh, you know, that question of users uh, may be worth batting around a little bit because language is truth. Language is power. And if you call them users, they're users. If you call them patients, they're patients. But to some extent, this kind of cries out for a, a new word or uh, a new moniker for a different kind of relationship, not practitioner high, you low, not uh, we're trying to trick you or manipulate you uh, somehow. Have you guys talked about that? Some oh are you just going to try and let it uh, come out organically? No, we, I mean, both. <laughs> We talk about it ad nauseum and we talk about, we're also, we're, we're trying to do something very different. We're not using therapists. We're using what we call now coaches. And so there's really language is a huge um, part of how do we even describe what a coach is in the marketplace? How do we create a market for something that may have resonance of like your basketball coach who made you do liners? And so what is, what is a wave coach is something we talk about all the time. And then what is a waiver? One of our quote-unquote users um, and how do we want to position that because we do believe that the relationship between 
a waiver, someone who's using our system, and the coach is collaborative. It's meeting them where they are. It's about sort of seeing their value and letting them lead. One of the things as a therapist that I always sort of have said to my, my patients as a therapist is that my job is actually not to sit across from you in the couch and reflect back to you. It's to sit next to you on the couch and try to view the world as you see it so that I can help guide you where, to where you want to go. So it's not about my agenda. It's not about what I know or think is right. It's about really kind of letting you peel back the layers to discover the person you want to be and then kind of helping coach you get there. So that's really kind of our, our philosophy. So we talk about what to call our, our, our waivers all the time, what to call our coaches. Is coaching even the right language? Is coaching even the right word? So I think there's this, there's a little bit of a tension between um, what will the marketplace respond to and something familiar and how are we re redesigning this and cultivating something brand new? And with things like, you know, SEO and SEM and keywords and things like that, it's, it's a tension that we're navigating back and forth. Yeah, you're going to have to do a lot of experimentation. My experience has been that these things tend to not be the obvious choice. That uh, that the, the the people out there will react to something, and then you'll look at it and go, "Really? <laughs> uh, that's how you view it?" Uh, but in fact, that's how they view it, and that's the truth. And uh, so, uh, if you try too hard to sort of sell something in, it, it won't stick. Uh, it has to come from the folks at the uh, at the other end, and if they love calling themselves waivers, which I'm sort of skeptical about. But me too. <laughs> uh, uh, if, if it's push people, or uh, you know, I'm coming up with really bad phrases here. Uh, uh, you know, we're pro wrestlers, kind of thing, in the sense that we're wrestling with it and we're for ourselves. And if that's how they self-identify, who am I to judge? Who are you to judge? That it's what works, works. I mean, and ultimately that's good user-centered design, right? Is that, and we we really, um, the meeting I actually just came out of and why I was a little bit late was literally a meeting where um, we're talking to our coaches about the language that our, our coaching clients are using in the sessions, because ultimately it's it's that language. It's how they identify and how they sort of self-identify, which needs to trickle all the way up funnel. And we're making those connections between that through line through our product, through our content, through our social media, and ultimately through our advertising. So we're trying to do that kind of good user-centered design. Just listen to the customer and they'll tell you what you yeah. need to know. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to them hard enough, long enough, there's enough of them. Uh, but that's easy to say and very, very hard to do because that implies that you're still, that that's you're right. clear. Uh, and that, True. Uh, people in the market and of course none of us are so we all got our own stuff going on in the background and uh, so what we hear and what we sense uh, may not really be what they're trying to get across and that's part of the challenge uh, for and you it, and for us too. It, it, it's even harder for, um, I mean, that's actually something I struggle with all the time because as a therapist, my job is to look for the subtext. 
is to like take my own expertise and interpret what someone's really saying and really meaning. And that's a danger, I think, not only as a, as a psychologist, it's also a danger as a CEO, right? And as a product person is to like, don't put your own bias about what you think the user is saying. You have to actually really um, empathically listen and clarify and iterate and test and then test again. So um, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, very, very interesting. So if we were, we tell you talked about talking three months ago. So if we talk three months from now, this could all be very, very different again and three months <laughs> after that and three months after that. That's what I'm learning is the nature of the game. <laughs> Is that right? Don't get too tied down to any one idea, any one solution, any one concept. You kind of, you have to listen to the and the consumer is always changing as well, right? Is that what might there could be a and there's so many stakeholders in this system too. The insurance companies could suddenly decide they're reimbursing for something and the whole thing shifts. Or right. Apple iOS decides that you can't say blue on your advertising and suddenly the whole thing shifts from an SEO SEM right. perspective. So we're we're flexible. We're going to be agile and we're going to kind of go where our, our best chances of helping uh, the most people are. Yeah, exactly. And, and to refer back to a, a, an issue you hopefully won't have, but that some of our portfolio companies have, you can say the word female if you're marketing on Facebook, put the word pleasure after it, you're banned. That's right. And, you know, which is a pretty interesting concept in and of itself. Female yeah. misery, you're in. Female yep. anger, you're good. Female pleasure, well, wait a minute. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, there you have it. There you have it. Although if you look at, I mean, look at Roe as an example, like their, uh, right, their their initial marketing campaign that worked basically was talking about morning wood. And that was the thing yeah. that got the Facebook going. So it's like, yeah, it's like, how do you even do that dance and try to, yeah. to make that all work and understand it? We, we take yeah. a lot of our lessons from early row dogma. Yeah. Uh, well, again, that comes back to whatever works in a way uh, works. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're going to run out of time here, so we should probably wrap it up. But let's do it again in three months. You know, normally we do these like every six months or once a year. But in our case, let's get back together relatively soon and see what happens. I would love to see if there's a, a new language. In the meantime, I'm going to be thinking about this. You know, it, it's just very interesting. Users use, consumers consume. Neither of those is going on here. So what is going on here? And, and what would be a rational yeah. thing to call it? I agree. It's like players going to play, haters going to hate, all about yeah. you label something and they're going to do the thing. So absolutely. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Anybody who listening in here if you got a thought send it along uh uh, uh you know we'll chisel your name over the door if you can figure <laughs> out what to call what's going on here <laughs> always open to other people's feedback and ideas 100 percent, without a sounds, doubt sounds good great to see you uh can't wait to see what happens next uh we think you really are onto something with this sort of structured and open at the same time uh approach and Lord knows uh, uh, the folks out there uh, need it. So I certainly hope uh, we can find a way, uh, you can find a way with our help and other people's help uh, to get it to them. Thank you, Mike. We're great. We're so grateful for your support and your conviction in us. Easy choice. Uh, <laughs> uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Absolutely.